A Weekend with Jason Dacey Replay from Money FM 89.3. We're talking Liverpool here on Money FM 89.3. Liverpool and Asia. I'm with uh, Steve Dawson, well-known uh, sports broadcaster with uh, Fox Sports Asia, also a corporate coach and trainer, and Des Corkill, the renowned Asian football commentator, also working with Malaysian football in Kuala Lumpur. So, guys... We know Liverpool very well here in Asia, and we're seeing increasingly uh, how they keep coming out, and we're very familiar with them uh, and their brand, uh, Steve, and you work a lot with uh, corporate clients. How would you say the Liverpool brand in Asia is at the moment, say compared to Manchester United, Manchester City, Arsenal, and the other big teams? I I think that Manchester United will always be present, although that'll, that's, that could change over a, peri- a lengthy period of years. But Liverpool consistently, I think, have had good support here in Asia. And I don't expect that to dip just because of the personality of the club. It's not an offensive club. You know, United, you either love them or hate them. But I don't see United, I don't see Liverpool having the same kind of relationship with neutral football fans. It's, and it's easier, I think for Asian-based supporters just to pick up teams and, I suppose, drop them subsequently several years later. I always think I always think there's a disproportionate number of Tottenham fans mm. in Asia. I mean, you expect to see Arsenal, United, Liverpool and latterly Chelsea and City, I suppose. But I'm always curious that we see a lot of Tottenham fans here. My only theory is that they were a good FA Cup side perhaps in the 80s, and that, and that adults now, sort of around my age and perhaps a bit younger, have picked up Tottenham because of the success of Ozzy Ardiles and the romantic way they attacked the FA Cup in those days. It's a curious one. Yeah, I mean, looking at Liverpool, though, Des, I mean, you're, a, you're from Liverpool. You were born on the day of the 1963 Merseyside derby, very famously. <laughs> so that's as bad a Liverpool as they can get. And we look at actually their sponsors at the moment. Of course, Standard Chartered Bank are the main partners for them. But there's also Malaysia Airlines, AXA, Carlsberg, Levi's, Vodafone. I mean, you've been in Singapore almost 20 years now and and Malaysia as well. What would you say about the way the brand has has grown and changed here? Well, let me take you back to to that birthday. I mean, Liverpool Football Club was always my local club. It was one bus ride away. It was six miles down the road. And I used to be upset when people from uh, Wigan, Woollybacks used to come into Liverpool and support Oh, you're Liverpool. one of those. And mate. then I found out that there were Irish Reds and there were Norwegian Reds and then there were the London Reds. And, and I had to say, oh, wow, well, maybe, maybe there's a bit of a, a, a following for, for my club. This is my club. Yeah. Then I come out to Asia. My word. So the, one of the most spectacular events I've ever had the pleasure to be involved with, and I, I was lucky enough to commentate on it, was when Liverpool came to Malaysia. Bucket Jalil. 80,000 people. I swear everybody had a yellow shirt on with a red shirt on over it. So when a goal went in, Liverpool won 6-3, pre-season friendly. But the passion, uh, I've seen the United games, I've seen the Chelsea games, I've seen the other. It just took my breath away. I don't understand it. Well, Liverpool, I just don't understand it. Liverpool came it. to Singapore two, three years ago just to train at Jalan Basar Stadium. And I got access for my daughter, Amelia, to go in because of, because of Fox Sports. And, and I, when I saw her that evening, I couldn't go because I was working. When I saw her that evening, I said, oh, how was it, darling? She said, oh, it was quite good, quite good fun. Did you meet anyone? Did you get any autographs? Yeah, I got one. I said, oh, who was it? She said, I don't know, some old geezer. <laughs> I hope not the paper is Kenny Dalglish. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but but the, the actual brand is, mm. is incredible. I've, I've got issues with it slightly yeah. because you know how passionate I am about the local game. Mm-hmm. And I think the local game is being left 
left behind or ignored or um, be because there is such an attention on, on the wonderful product that is the English Premier League and Liverpool and Man United and Chelsea and, and, and all the big clubs. Mm. But I, I, I do have slight issues with it. But every time my jaw drops when, when they come out and I see the reaction and when the big games are on, four o'clock in the morning and watching mm. Liverpool-Real Madrid, I'm in a pub full of about 300 people. <laughs> yeah passionate mm. about it so so the brand I think so long as they're competitive so long as they're there or thereabouts so long as they're in finals and semi-finals I think that brand will, will continue because as Steve says they have a feel-good factor United is a love more hate them mm. it is a love Man City have kind of got this feel-good factor going yeah. winning Tottenham have this feel-good sure. factor mm. um, even Newcastle there's this proportionate number of Newcastle and Everton fans mm. there's a feel-good factor about yeah. them so um uh, again, I, I don't understand it, but I, I very much enjoy seeing it. Yeah, well, you talked about that game. I think uh, I worked on it as well in 2011 when uh, Liverpool beat Malaysia, Malaysia 11-6-3. But, uh, Steve, we've seen games here in uh, in Singapore over the years. 2009, Liverpool won 5-0 uh, with uh, Fernando Torres and Christian Nemeth. Remember him? He scored twice. He was a Hungarian, I think, that played for Liverpool. He never played a first-team game, but he scored twice in that game. Also in 2001, uh, Liverpool beat uh, Singapore 11-2-0 with Emil Heskey and Michael Owen um, scoring the goals. And I remember Dan Bennett played in that game. That's right. Mm. Yes, Dan Bennett played in that game. So... The connection, and we're, we're so familiar, you know, we're so familiar with the players and, and uh, you know, Dares, me, uh, and also Steve, we'll all work with some of these Liverpool legends. Uh, you think in one way, Steve, they've almost become too familiar as far as a, from a branding perspective, because we are seeing the likes of Emil Heskey and Robbie Fowler and Ian Rush here so often. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't think too familiar is a problem for Liverpool. And I, and I think these legends, they probably, they become less and less relevant, don't they, as the, as the years go on. And, and as young people come through, they wonder who these people are, you know, Emil Heskey and, and what have you. Certainly, Robbie Fowler would be considered, and I hate the word, but I will use it because I can't think of a better one at the moment, a club legend, someone like Ian Rush, Robbie Fowler for sure. Um, but I'm not sure about Emil Heskey just because he had a couple of seasons, scored a few goals, missed a lot more. I'm not sure that he really qualifies as a as a representative. Oh, for that's a bit rough. I mean, he was well, part of the treble winning team, Des, wasn't he? He, he was. But legend is is a massively overused word. <laughs> I, I, I I tend to agree. And again, we we put um, we kind of put these fellas on a pedestal as we should. They're they're some of the best in the world. Um, God, but gosh, I, I I don't know where where we go from go from here because the next generation are 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 the are the twenty ten boys going to carry on doing this this these legends tours or has mm. has that kind of kind of run it uh, run it? It probably won't, Des, because there's no need for successful. Uh, footballers of today to make a great deal of money after good good, good point after their careers over. It's, the only the only desire might be to just maintain a presence because they they miss it and the and the they miss the adulation or the or the atmosphere and the energy that's probably the only incentive they'd have to get involved in these kind of things it's, a, it's an 80s footballer thing isn't it 90s i suppose you you'd be amazed i i went to thailand to to do a dortmund legends game against buram legends mm. just uh, just 3 weeks ago so clubs are seeing this as a way to get into communities and i think liverpool man united especially those two were doing this in the early 2000s right um so it's it's how you take it on from there because the other clubs particularly german clubs are really trying to make inroads Borussia Mönchengladbach have got a yeah. um a, 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 um a, 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 a commercial a, a commercial, commercial things going on here dortmund have so teams are now catching on to the to the english clubs way of doing things i suppose for liverpool how you perpetuate that brand 
um, whilst keeping me happy, is is, yeah. the, is the next <laughs> difficult question. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the question about you know the commercial relevance of Liverpool compared to other teams, and we've seen Manchester City making big inroads here. Steve, do you think the charm of Liverpool will always be there for hardcore fans, or is it something that could fade if, say, the likes of Manchester City and other teams uh, get more success than Liverpool? It's always going to be a moving animal, isn't it? But I think Liverpool have got good history now, you know, and mm. people like stories, don't they? And Liverpool are full of stories, as are Manchester United. And as you grow up, when I when I was growing up, I remember thumbing through books and the history books and, and learning about, we were talking off air about uh, Liverpool's first foray into the European Cup. Was it 65 years? 65. And I'm, and I'm vaguely familiar with it, although I didn't live through it. And, and then having experienced that from a book, when I saw it for the first time, when I experienced it for the first time, and I think we'll go on to talk about that a little bit later, I'm, I'm referring to 77 and winning the European Cup for the first time. It was a seminal moment for me, and I remember it so clearly now, even though I was only 10 years old. And it will never get, no matter what Liverpool achieve from here on in, it'll never be, for me, as big as that moment was. That's a brilliant point. Millennials consume sport very, very differently. Oh, yes. They consume yeah. it in the five-minute bite size, as we're seeing in the in the rights for TV are coming down. I think that there is a real challenge for the English Premier League and major football clubs to keep themselves relevant in, in a very different demography because kids are playing less and less football in, in, in Asia and generally in the world. Yeah, yeah. Um, so so the uh, your ability to keep at the top of that pile is a suppose what's sparking the, the talk of this European League, which I think would be devastating because then you're aiming your, 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 your focus on the world market rather than your own backyard. That's a whole conversation, isn't it, that we could have another day maybe, Jason? Yeah, but Des, hasn't it been fun uh, getting to know some of these Liverpool players like John Barnes, for example, and having him, you know, hanging out with us and Roy Evans and Kevin Keegan and all these, uh, you know, that, that to me that has been a great eye-opener. And because of the power of the... Asia market means that they've got to come here and got to make money because it's the fastest growing football market in the world. Kevin Keegan was my first real hero. Me too. And to meet him was a dream come true. If I'm in the UK, I don't get that opportunity. I'm so, so privileged to get the opportunities to meet these guys out here. And hopefully... Here's what I hope. Hopefully, when we do get the chance to meet these guys, we're giving the audience a feeling of how special it really is uh, and it's not common garden it's not it's not blase so when when you're dismissive of Emil Heskey or, or so, <laughs> we, we've got to remember what a, what a wonderful privilege it is and uh, and I, I keep telling my family who are, are still based back in the UK the the people I've kind of met and they 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 give me oh yeah, yeah. Pull, pull the other one yeah. then I show them the photo and they yeah, yeah. They're, they're thrilled and what about you Steve have you met any of uh, your Liverpool heroes yeah. here I'm, in Asia I've, I've met a lot of them but the one the first hero same as you Des was Kevin Keegan and I've never met him but they say you should never meet your hero oh you want to meet Kevin he's awesome yeah, yeah in awesome. fact I was nervous talking to Kevin Keegan and bringing up and I think Des was around that time and actually presenting a show with him I was nervous because it was Kevin it was King Kev you yeah, know? and yeah. even though I'm Australian he still had that aura about him because of his Premier League uh, exposure as well so he was manager. nice to you even though you were Australian he That's was good. <laughs> yeah. he's a good guy he's a nice guy tough boy I got, I got Christmas cards for 10 years from Phil Neal and Mrs Neal Oh, how nice. nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. lovely. lovely. <laughs> well, we'll have to try and arrange that, get uh, Kevin to come out and, and meet Steve. And, that would be lovely. Yeah. yeah. So, still a big hero. Still look up to him. Yeah. All right. Well, look, we're going to have more uh, uh, on Liverpool in a moment uh, with our experts, uh, Steve Dawson and Des Corkill.